Hello and welcome to From God to Us. In this podcast, we discuss a number of subjects relating to God, the Bible, truth, and the Christian life. We are in our current series on election and free will. And as we've said, more specifically, we are looking at Calvinism versus Arminianism, what verses are used by both sides to promote their belief, comparing those, contrasting those, and hopefully drawing some kind of conclusion from what we learn. We have covered the first four points. We are using the Calvinism acronym TULIP to begin with, sharing the Calvinism view first with its verses and then the Arminian view with their verses. And so we have covered the first five points regarding depravity, unconditional election or conditional election, the extent of the atonement, and whether or not the grace or the gospel is able to be resisted. Is it irresistible or resistible? And those are the previous ones we've done. Today we come to the fourth and final point, which is perseverance of the saints. And we will show both sides of this view and come some conclusion, we hope, at the end. So let's look at the Calvinist view, which states something like this. All those who are chosen by God, redeemed by Christ, and given faith by the Spirit are eternally saved. They are kept in faith by the power of Almighty God and thus persevere to the end. Those who do not persevere to the end were never of the elect and never saved. So there are two aspects that come into view here. First is the eternal security, as we might say, that those who are saved, those who are elect, those who have been born again and saved, will always be saved. God will not lose any of them. They have an eternal security of salvation. But there's another aspect here is the perseverance of the saints. They will persevere to the end. God makes sure that those whom he has saved, redeemed, brought to salvation, that he assures that they will never totally lapse in faith and that they will persevere to the end of their life. So the perseverance of the saints. There's some sense the preservation of the saints, eternal security, but also the perseverance of the saints. They will persevere to the end. Some scripture verses we might turn to that the Calvinists would use to support their view Back to John 6, 37 through 39. We've uh, seen this before. But it says, All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. The emphasis here is not only those whom the Father has given him, he will save, he will receive, but he will make sure that he will raise them up at the last day. John ten twenty seven through 29. Again, we've seen this verse before. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they will follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So here again, the emphasis is upon eternal life, that once a person becomes one of Jesus' sheep, once he has been saved, he has eternal life, and he is held in the hand of Christ and held in the hand of the Father. He cannot lose his salvation. 
Romans 8, 29 through 30, again, a verse we've seen before. For those who foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. In other words, starts with the foreknowing, predestination, calling, which is absolutely assured for those who are saved. They are justified and they will be glorified. In other words, God will make sure that they don't lose this salvation. He will ultimately glorify them. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God will assure that he will carry out his good work in you. It's God is the one who will assure it. It's not you. God assures he will carry out his will for you, his purpose for you, until the day of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who called you is faithful. He will do it. Here again, emphasizing the effective call. God called you. He is the one who is faithful, who has called you, who has saved you, who has given you his Holy Spirit, who has chosen you, who has redeemed you, and he will do it. He is the one who will keep you faithful and blameless to the end until Christ comes. So again, the Calvinist sees somewhat two things here, the guarantee of eternal life, eternal security, but also the guarantee that you will persevere to the end. There's a part of this that the Calvinist says that those who do not persevere to the end were never elect and never saved. In other words, if there's a person who claims to be a Christian, who claims to follow Christ and claims to know him and claims to have believed in him, but at some point in his life he turns away and does not persevere to the end of his life, then this person never really was one of the elect. He never was saved. He just thought he was saved. He, maybe he had given some sort of mental assent, is the term they like to use, to the gospel, but never was truly saved. They just thought they were saved. They really weren't. They never were one of the elect. And so this is an issue that if you don't persevere to the end, you can't really know if you were one of the elect. So there's not an absolute security here for the believer, it seems. If you don't persevere, then you weren't really one of the elect, although Calvinists do emphasize that if you truly are the elect, you will be saved. You cannot lose that. So that would be essentially the Calvinist view, and and as we've said over and over again, these are not all the verses the Calvinists would use. These are representative verses. There are others they would turn to to promote this part of their doctrine, uh, the perseverance of the saints. But let's look at the Arminian side now and how they look at this. And the Arminian would say, those who believe and are truly saved can lose their salvation by, by failing to keep their faith. This is referred to as falling from grace. They retain their salvation by persevering to the end. There is a belief that if you don't persevere, if you don't continue in faithfulness, if you turn away, then you can lose the salvation which you have once received. Somehow God will take it back. Some verses here that the Armenian would use to support their view. Matthew 24, 12, and 13 Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Some translations say who perseveres to the end will be saved. So the emphasis here is some will grow cold, but only those who persevere. 
to the end. And that the emphasis here is they will persevere to the end of their life. They will continue to be faithful throughout their life, and thus they will be saved. John 15, 5 through 7 is also another verse. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like the branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So here the emphasis is, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that withers and is thrown into the fire and burned. And this is typically associated with with hell, the fires of hell. So that if you remain, you'll produce fruit. If you don't remain, if you aren't faithful, you will be burned and you will go to hell. So the Armenian would say that a person is saved, but he must remain faithful or then he will lose his salvation. Hebrews 6, 4 through 6 It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Here the emphasis of the verse they would say is that once a person has been saved and fallen away, they can't be brought back. The key in this verse in understanding what it means by fall away, does that mean they have lost their salvation? That's the way the Armenian understands it. They've tasted these things. They've been born of the Holy Spirit. They're a new person in Christ, but they fall away. Then they have lost their salvation. Ephesians 5, 3-5, But among you there's not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ of God. Here again the emphasis, if your life is marked by immorality, impurity, greed, all these things, then you don't have any inheritance, you're not saved. They would emphasize the encouragement here to stay pure, to stay holy, to remain in God's graces, or else if you wind up becoming one of these people, then you might lose your salvation. Finally, 2 Peter 1, 10 and 11 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, I make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The emphasis here, for if you do these things, you will never stumble and receive a welcome into the eternal kingdom. So again, their emphasis here is on that if you maintain, if you continue to do good works, if you continue to persevere, then you will receive eternal life. And so the emphasis for the Armenian is that you can have eternal life, but it's not guaranteed until you make it to the end. Eternal life is heaven. You don't necessarily have eternal life this side of heaven. So when we look at these two views and evaluate this, it's a very interesting thing when you look at it. Both sides say something to the effect, if you don't persevere to the end, then you are not saved. The Calvinist just says you were never saved to start with. The Armenian says you were saved and you lost it. It's really just a matter of semantics. The emphasis here is on you must persevere to the end. A few years ago, I listened to a debate between 
two professors who were talking about salvation and giving some different views on that, and the subject of eternal security came up. The one professor who was a very strong Calvinist was speaking, and the other professor asked him, well, can you know for sure that you have eternal life? And this Calvinist professor paused for a moment, and he thought, and he said, well, I'm about 99% sure that I'm saved. And he said, the reason I say that is because I don't know for sure that I will persevere to the end. And if I don't persevere to the end, then I will prove that I was not one of the elect. I was never really saved. I just thought I was saved, and I will go to hell. And I thought about that quite a bit, that that doesn't sound like eternal security to me. It sounds like you can't really know for sure unless you persevere to the end. And there is a strong emphasis in some Calvinist in this particular area where they focus on your faithfulness, your commitment, your surrender, your continually doing good works to prove your salvation. Now, they don't believe you can lose it, but they believe you have to prove it by all the good things you do. On the other hand, the Armenian says, well, if you can truly be saved, they believe, redeemed, born again, and saved, but if you don't persevere in these things, you will lose it. Again, it's just a matter of semantics here. We're talking about whether or not a person is saved. If you don't persevere to the end, you will not be saved. Whether you never had it in the beginning or whether you had it and lost it, the point is both of them are saying you must persevere. You must continue to be faithful. You must continue to do good works. And if you don't do these things, you either never were saved or you lost your salvation. Really, there's not a lot of difference between the two. I've had people who were very strong Calvinists who believe in what's called a lordship salvation. If you're not dedicated, committed, surrendered your life completely to the Lord up until the day you die, then you're not really saved. And I've heard uh, people who are Calvinists say that. I've heard people who are Armenians say the exact same thing. You see, there, there's this issue that the perseverance of the saints becomes the most important part rather than what God has done. Now, the Calvinists will go back and say, well, God has done this, and he makes sure it happens, and he will, he will guarantee that you're going to persevere to the end. But then he turns around and puts an emphasis on your perseverance to prove your salvation. And so it becomes quite confusing here, and it seems to be that both sides are saying somewhat of the same thing. It's just a little different matter of semantics in the way they say it. So how do we come to conclusion of this? Well, I, I kind of like to give my view, which is not really either view here, It tends to be a little bit more toward the Calvinist view, but not completely. I would emphasize the issue of eternal security. So here's some verses I would emphasize. John 3, 16 and 17, which we have seen before. But it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And here I would emphasize the aspect of eternal life. It's life that lasts forever. When you believe in him, you have, you possess eternal life. It's not eternal life if you don't have it, if you can lose it. I would believe in the security of the believer that once you have been saved, you can't lose that. John 5, 24, verily, verily, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, and has crossed over from death to life. Those who place their faith and trust in Christ have eternal life. Again, the verse that passage that both sides have used a little bit, but the Calvinists may be more so, John 10, 28, 
27, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. That's a pretty much emphasis that we are held in the hand of God. God is the one who holds us safe. He is the one who secures our salvation. And we are held in the hand of Christ. We're held in the hand of God. We're doubly held by God in his hand. Uh, Romans eight thirty-seven through 39. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this seems to be a very strong verse of assurance that those of us who know Christ, who are in Christ, will never be able to be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And finally, Ephesians 4.30 that says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You have been sealed by the Spirit until that day. So my view is that I believe in the perseverance of the saints, or maybe more specifically the preservation of the saints, that God has preserved us and given us eternal life through Jesus Christ, and we cannot lose that. We can never be lost, lose that which God has given us. If you think about this, if we truly have been saved, redeemed, born again, regenerated, sealed with the Holy Spirit, if we were to lose that, then God would have to reverse all those things. We have to reverse redemption, reconciliation. We have to reverse regeneration, reverse being sealed with the Holy Spirit, reverse being a child of God. All that would have to be overturned. And I don't think there's really any scriptures that would refer to the fact that all that can be overturned. God has done the saving. He has saved us through Jesus Christ. We received it by faith, and we are saved, we are redeemed, we are justified, We have been reconciled to God. We've become his children. We've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, sealed by the Holy Spirit. All these are things that happen to those who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So what about this perseverance to the end? Well, certainly the scriptures call us to be faithful. They call us to be holy. They call us to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and commit ourselves to him. Ephesians 2.10 says there are good works that God has predetermined that we should, should be doing. So there's all these things about the faithfulness and God, the call to faithfulness and holiness. And I believe in that. We sure are called to do that. God wants us to be faithful. This should grow out of a heart of love for Christ. When we look and see the, all that God has done for us, all that Jesus has done for us, he has secured our salvation through Jesus' death shed blood, and resurrection. When we received it by faith, we were given the gift of eternal life, and he is the one who will hold us safe to the end. And because of that, we should respond with a sense of faith, a sense of appreciation, a sense of love, a commitment of dedication, of wanting to serve him. But what happens to those who maybe make that commitment or whatever and then don't persevere? They turn away. Maybe they even say, I no longer believe in Jesus. Or maybe they just become unfaithful and become discouraged in their Christian life and just stop serving. They'll claim that they still believe in Jesus, but they don't do anything. They don't attend church. They don't serve in any way. They they just seem to be not interested in the things of God and the things of the scripture. What about those people? Well, the issue is 
you can't really know. It's not ours to judge. You cannot judge a person's soul and spirit. You cannot know for sure if a person who says they believe in Jesus Christ but are not living faithfully, you can't know for sure if that person is saved or lost. You don't know. And I think we spend too much time trying to judge another person's salvation, especially those who are not being faithful or who have turned away. I believe in eternal security, and I do believe in when a person is saved, they will be saved to the very end, even if they have lapses in faith. And even the Calvinist will say that sometimes people have a lapse in faith. They maybe have a weakness, but they believe that God will raise that person up, God will restore that person, and they will ultimately persevere to the end. I don't know that that's true. I just know that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, God promises us eternal life. We will be secure in his hand to the end. Will we all persevere to the end? Will we all be faithful and holy and righteous and true? Will we all do all the good works that God has called us to do no matter what? I don't know. And I don't think you can know. And none of us can truly know. And I think we need to stop spending time trying to judge another person's salvation. If they clearly say, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't trust in him, I don't receive the message of the Bible, that's probably pretty clear that that person isn't saved. But if they say they have received Christ and they've trusted in him, they believe he is their Savior, but they're not walking faithfully, we can't know. You just don't know. So let me wrap this up by saying I do believe in the the eternal security of the believer that once God has saved us through Jesus Christ, His death, his shed blood, and his resurrection are enough to bring salvation to all who place their hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the message. What Jesus did is enough. My commitment, dedication, surrender, and perseverance will not add to salvation. It's not something I have to do in order to be saved or to prove my salvation. Jesus is the one who saves. And once he has saved us and redeemed us and made us his own, we can never lose that salvation. I hope that you have that security of eternal life in Jesus Christ. I hope you have trusted in him as your personal Savior. I hope that you can have the confidence that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord and that you want to serve him with all your heart. And even though you have lapses in faith, you know that you are held firm in the hand of Christ because of what he has done for you. If you've never accepted or trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, will you consider him today? Will you place your hope and faith and trust in Jesus for everlasting life? He will save you, he will redeem you, and he will make you his very own.